I want to talk a little bit about something that everybody craves, especially in this uh, lonely generation, this ironically lonely generation. I want to talk about connections. It's a lonely generation, and people want to connect. Of course, the primary connection that we're striving for in yeshiva and our Judaism is to connect with God. But if we're disconnected, then it's hard to connect to anything, including God. It's ironic that in this generation of LinkedIn, where you can have thousands of connections, and Facebook, where you can have tens of thousands of friends, we don't really have deep connections. And the friends on Facebook probably prevent us from having real friends. Because real friends is a real connection. It's a real relationship. And we need to know how that happens. How we can enhance it in our interpersonal lives. How we can enhance it or maybe even create it. Because we haven't even gotten to a point of enhancing it. Um, With God. So the first thing we have to understand about connections is where do they happen? So let's talk about where they don't happen. When you touch two things together, that's not a connection. That's contact. Connections happen at the core. Connections happen at the source. You've got to have a connection to the source. So when we talk about making connections, we have to know what is our source, and what source are we connecting with? So when we talk about connecting with God, we're about to enter the season, one of the seasons, where it appears that it's going to be very easy, because Hanukkah is the holiday about miracles. And one could say that all I need is God to do a few miracles for me, like He did for the Jews in Egypt, like he did for the Hashmonaim and Hanukkah. And if there would be some miracles, then I would really be able to sense God, to feel God, to connect to God. So that's a fundamental mistake. Miracles have a very great upside and they have a very great downside. The upside of miracles is that we're always not sure, is there really HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Does He really control the world? Does He really pay attention to me? So a miracle solves that problem. Obviously a supernatural miracle, there's a God, and He did it for me, so He's paying attention to me, and He cares about me. The problem and the downside with those kinds of miracles is that, first of all, it takes away your free will. And it's a relatively momentary spark of inspiration that has no staying power. Of course, the alternative to miracles is the natural world. 
But the natural world leads to a complete disconnect from God because we can look, as the Greeks did, at the natural world happening. And even if the Greeks may have believed in a God, they certainly didn't believe that that God has any connection with this world. Nature runs on its own. So we have to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the natural world, and that's the interface of a miracle to awaken us, but then we have the problem that it's going to just dissipate and disappear, and it requires, therefore, very hard work and great introspection to see that that Kodesh, that that the miracle that Hakadosh Baruch Hu did for us and that He exists, that that is found every day in nature. That's hard work. So we get to one of the points of real accomplishments, real connections, and that's work. Time. When you want to have a relationship, you have to be ready to invest time. If we want to know one of the reasons why this generation is so disconnected and so isolated and so lonely... It's because everything is supposed to happen instantaneously. And when my connections are and when my connections and friends are one click of LinkedIn or, or Facebook away, so I don't need to invest any time. The Gomorrah, when it introduces my Hanukkah, so there's a little phrase there that gets completely lost. The Gomorrah tells the story of Hanukkah, my Hanukkah, that the Greeks came in, they defiled the oil. There was a miracle. There was supposed to be oil for one day. Oil burned for eight days. And at the end of the eight days, they realized, hey, this was a supernatural miracle. Says the Gemara, so what did the rabbis do? Where did Hanukkah come from? Lishona acheres kivaum ve'asoum yomim tovim ve'halalu v'hodah. The Shana Acheres doesn't mean the next year. It means in a different year. The implication is that they didn't set Hanukkah right away. Why not? Supernatural miracle. A supernatural miracle in and of itself doesn't generate a holiday. What they needed to see, what Chazal needed to assess, was whether there was staying power to that inspiration to that high that the Jewish people got from God manifesting himself, showing that he cares, connecting with the people, did that last? And that can only be told down the road. So when we talk about an experience, an epiphany, that's great to wake us up. But we have to now take that and invest time and effort to make that an integral part of us. We talked about connecting at the core. If we want to have a connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to identify, first and foremost, what is our core? What is the surface that's not going to create a real connection, a real relationship? Before the Jewish people got the Torah, says Ravolbi, there are a couple of introductory psukim. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells the Jewish people through Moshe Rabbeinu, Atem limam lechet kohanim v'goy kadosh. You have to realize who you are, what you are, what your potential is, what your value is. And only then, only somebody who has that self-esteem, that realization of how great they are, now you can, be, you can be a recipient of the Torah. So we're all here in yeshiva learning, trying to recreate some kind of a connection with the Torah. But says Revolbi, a prerequisite for that is the realization of who you are, what your potential is, what Revolbi calls kavod. What is kavod? Kavod, the root of the word kavod is kaved, heavy, weighty. Our society gives kavod to sports stars, to movie stars, to wealthy people. Why? You give kavod to what you consider significant. And a person who thinks that sports is the most important thing and he might, we can even get it more localized, that basketball or football is the most important thing. He's not going to give kavod to a Yitzchak Perlman because he doesn't think playing classical music is important. And somebody thinks playing classical music is important, he's not going to think that Rableib Steyman is anything that... Okay, so... You give kavod to what you think is significant and important. So now... Where is your self-kavod? Where do you have the self-esteem? What are you mechabed about yourself? And the answer has to be the fact that you are a tzelem elokim, that you're created as a reflection of HaKadosh Baruch that you have a spiritual neshama with unbelievable potential. That's your core. That's your kavod. It's one of the explanations in the mission, a very strange bit of a convoluted logic and proof text. Ezu mechubad ha Who is honored? One who gives honor to others. And of course the Maral asks a simple question as he asks in all of those four things. A person is mechubad, is a person who other people honor him. How do I become mechubad because I honor you? That makes you honored. But how does that make me honored? I might be deserving of honor. It's a nice thing. And the proof text is even more astounding. I will honor those who honor me. Who's, who's talking? God is talking. So God says, I will honor those who honor me. And therefore... One who honors others is mechubad. That doesn't connect. So, says the Maral, this idea of God honoring those who honor him is not a quid pro quo. And that's not anything special about COVID. God, God operates mita connected, mita quid pro quo everywhere. But rather, mechabdaya kaved means that I know, that if you know what is deserving of honor, that makes you honorable. So a mechabedet habriot means I know what's honorable about another human being. The tzelem elokim. That's the significance of another human being. 
So then if that is what is significant, that makes me mechubad too, because I also have a tzelem elokim. That's the significance of the human being. That's the value. We have to find that. We have to connect to our tzelem elokim. We have to sense our tzelem elokim. What do we need to do to sense our Selah Meloki. We have to feel it. There has to be an emotional connection to what we're doing. Chazal tell us, Rachmana Libaboy. It's a little tricky when you are involved all day in intellectual pursuit of studying Torah to get an emotional charge, to connect emotionally to what's going on. Torah study is not information. Torah study is transformation. Haosek b'Torah says the Mishnah Pirkei Avos. Haosek b'Torah hareze mit ale. He elevates himself. That's not information, but that has to manifest itself in every way. When you're studying Torah, are you a more elevated human being? Are you more refined? Are you more sensitive? Do you sense that you have more significance? Does it reflect in a modified behavior? How do you do that? So we have the famous Gemara we quote very often that when a person reaches 120, they're going to get up to heaven, they're going to be asked six questions. That asata benatata be'emuna. Were you honest in your business? Kavati timla Torah. Did you have Torah time, etc. And after you got check marks in all six, yes, 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 yes. Then the Gemara continues. There's one more question they're going to ask you. Vafilu hachi yirat Hashem yotzaroin ilolo. All of those are yes. You did it right. But did you do it with your atshamayim? When you did it, did you sense that you have a relationship with God and you're doing it as somebody created by God with a purpose in this world? Otherwise, it's self-centered. Otherwise, it's not it. We talk about doing Jewish. But the question is, do we feel? Do we think? Is our being Jewish? And that leads us to the dialectic between Kedoshim Tihiyu, the idea of being people of sanctity and holiness, versus the Ramban's contrast to that, Naval Birshuta Torah. A person can be a glot, kosher, hedonist. A person can check check off everything doing it right. But they're doing it without that spiritual, without that refined, without that sanctified dimension. They're doing it without accessing their tzelem elokim, without accessing what makes them very unique, both different than animals and different than every other human being. Your kavod is not that you're just like everybody else. That's clones. 
And again, we are in a very, very, very much a mass-produced generation. Everybody is like everybody else. And the real kavod is your uniqueness. Your tzelam elokim. So the idea of elevated behavior, that when you study Torah, it has to go hand in hand with transformation of your sensitivity, of your interactions with other people, of the way you carry yourself, the way you hold of yourself. That's kavod. That's kol ha'oseik betorah mit aleh. You've got to be a different person. Not just doing a few things differently or having a little bit more information. Esav was, you read the earlier part of Esav, and this week, Esav was a person of the surface, superficial. He comes in, instant gratification, because I'll talk about how Esav is all misafail hachutz, he's all externally, he's all superficial. And we have to look below the surface. We live in a world where everything is on the surface, and again, because you want it quick. You can't get to the depth quickly. And we have to be ready to invest for the long term. That we're not looking for instant gratification. And that we're taking little, small steps. Growth is our little, small steps. The realization that every little thing that I do makes a difference. I heard a lecture from Abraham Tversky where he talks about, he's, he said uh, almost facetiously, a bit of a machlokus about the 12-step system, which he's a big believer in. It was invented by some guy, uh, maybe a, 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 a different religion. He says that if he could resurrect the person who invented the 12 steps, he would sue him for plagiarism. He says 12 steps is just basically musr. It's straightforward musr. But he asks a very interesting question. He says, so how come 12 steps works? It solves people's problems for addiction. And Musr doesn't. People are learning Musr and it's not working. He had a very fascinating insight. I told a story, a true story, of a person, a, an alcoholic, who went to Alcoholics Anonymous because he realized that alcohol was destroying his life. He needed to change. And he's sober for four years. And one of the things about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can't touch, you know, you got to realize that if you touch it, you're going to just get sucked in. So he's at a party, one of his friends, some kind of a party for his, one of his children, offers him a drink, says, I'm sorry, I don't drink, I don't touch alcohol. Okay, you don't touch alcohol, you can have some punch. Fine, no problem. Took a cup of punch, and he tasted it, and he right away sensed it spiked. Freeze frame. Now, what are you guys expecting to happen? He took a sip of the punch and it was spiked. He left in a panic, immediately called Dr. Torsky. What do I do? I just drank some alcohol. So Torsky said, What's going to happen to me? So Torsky said, Calm down, call your sponsor, whatever, whatever you're supposed to do. 
And he says, let's contrast that with somebody who, kosher, Jew, it's candy, you know, and he always buys candy bars with a, with, a, with a hechsher. And he bought a candy bar that always used to have a hechsher. And he's eating it. And he sees the wrapper, and all of a sudden he notices that there's no hechsher on the wrapper, that they took off the hechsher. How does he react? Just a treif, by accident. He just ate treif. How does he react? Okay, got to be more careful next time. <laughs> no, no, okay, no. So, so you know, I, I, so I, I, I asked Dr. Trotsky, but it's not a comp. He says, you see that the, the guy in the 12 steps, he really takes it seriously. He, uh, he, he's living it all the time. And the other guy, yeah, okay, no. So I said, wait a minute, that's not a fair comparison. <laughs> you think because he ate a trafe candy uh, pizza by accident, is going to... So Dr. Trusky quoted me, Avera Goreres Avera. Every action that you do has impact. But we don't really feel it. We think the major things, the big things, and it's the little things that's where growth really comes. It's the emotional connection. That guy reacted emotionally to what he did. And we don't react emotionally. Not on the uh, things that are not so good, and you know what? Not on the things that are so good. You know? You understood a tosvos. You did a chesed for somebody. You were transformed by that. Okay, now what's for lunch? Well, let me check my email. We're completely disconnected on an emotional level. Okay? And that's really where the connection has to be. And it starts with being connected to yourself to other people, it's going to be an absolutely critical thing when you get married. And ultimately, that's how we connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because we don't know who we are. We, don't, we're not, we haven't identified our core. And you want to connect on the surface. And there's no connection on the surface. When you put the electric plug near the outlet, and you want to know why the fan doesn't go on, that's because you don't understand how it works. You gotta, and if you plug it into an outlet that's not connected to the electric box, that's not collect, connected to the source of the electricity, it also doesn't work. We have to make sure that we're connecting in the right place. We've got to make sure we're connecting to the source. We have to make sure that when we have that fit of inspiration, that miracle of Hanukkah, that we do the things necessary to incorporate it and concretize it and integrate it and nourish it so that Lishana Acheres, we can, we can see that, wow, this had a tremendous impact. But that requires work. It requires time. It requires connection, emotional caring. Do we really care? We have to get a little bit excited about what we're doing. We have to appreciate the opportunity that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us His Torah because He views us as Mamlechet Kohanim V'goy Kadosh. We are the unique people that He entrusted His most precious possession. And it was given to us and we have that opportunity and through that we can forge a connection with the Almighty, with the infinite Divine Almighty. And we don't appreciate it. And we don't get excited about it. That's why we're disconnected. So let's think about that. Let's 
integrate, let's introspect so that we can really, in these cold months coming up, and it's very lonely and it's very cold, and we've got to bring that heat and that excitement and that warmth into our base measures and into each one of our own lives every day and every hour appreciate what we're doing with the little things, with the big things, and we will really be able to nourish that connection. And all of a sudden, you'll find your self-esteem is growing, your, human, your humanity is growing, you're going to be lo Torah, and you're going to truly be a mit'aleh, somebody who elevates themselves.